Hi everyone, this is Simon from the future. I host this podcast with my best friend Dom and before you start listening and come on this journey with us, I want to point out a few things from the perspective of three years after this podcast started. At the time that I'm recording this little intro message, we are currently recording slash covering the end of season six. So yes, you can firstly be assured that we are going to cover One Tree Hill in its entirety. No quitting here. We are currently 240 podcast episodes in between One Tree Hill movies and other TV shows. I just wanted to go all the way back to this episode to record this little message to just point out a couple of things. So you'll also notice when you start the podcast that our audio quality isn't great for the first season or so. It's not terrible, but again, I want to assure you that it gets better. There was a lot of learning that happened to get the audio quality right, and we for sure got there in the end, so please bear with the audio for the first few episodes. Dom and I have really enjoyed creating this podcast, and we've had a lot of laughs and more serious moments with it too, as we have analysed and reflected on One Tree Hill. We make a lot of jokes about the show and the characters in it, all in good spirit and with good intention, but I want to take a moment to say, if at any point anything we say feels insensitive or outlandish, please accept our apologies and know that that would have never been our intention. When we make jokes about the characters or what's going on in the show, we are making those jokes within the confines of the show, not about real people in real life. However, what we have learned is, and of course, we all connect movies and TV shows to real life. I know I certainly do. So again, we joke with good intention not to offend. So I hope you get to know our sensibilities and know that we only want to entertain and be positive, nothing else. There have been many learnings along the way, laughs, cries, community and bonds created over and around this wonderful TV show. We've really enjoyed creating this podcast and we hope to continue to do it for many more years to come. We have grown a beautiful community of ravens along the way and we hope that you'll join us and become part of it too. It really is special. So just before we go back to over three years ago to the start of this podcast, I have remastered, so to speak, the audio to make this episode sound a bit better than it was before and... This is the unedited version. So previously, and for the last three years, in this place there has been a very edited version of this pilot episode. And I've found the original file, the unedited version, and I'm going to put that out here instead because I want you to hear firstly how much effort we put into it because you'll see and hear that we want to try and get every single piece right Uh, And I think it gives a better reflection of who Dom and I are and, again, our sensibilities. This is the unedited version. I highly edited the first season or so of our One Tree Hill podcast and our movie podcast as well. And then after the first season or so, I realized that actually people just enjoy to hear just the authentic conversation. And so we don't really edit at all anymore apart from putting on an intro and an outro. So hopefully you'll enjoy this kind of raw, unedited version of the podcast of this pilot. So you'll hear some of the behind the scenes of Dom and I sort of talking to each other. We say the word Bombay sometimes, which used to be our marker to know where we would 
edit and Bombay was being a reference to Gordon Bombay and the Mighty Ducks which is a movie that both Dom and I really love. In these early episodes as well you hear us talk a lot about the Mighty 90s which was our original podcast that was based on 90s movies. All of those Mighty 90s episodes are now on this podcast feed so you'll find all those old episodes on here as well mixed in with all of the other hundreds of episodes that we have now done so like any process this was a learning curve and we've learned a lot along the way and sort of found our voice and our structure and sort of where we fit in and like I said we we have a lot of jokes but it's all meant with good intention Uh, we really enjoy our community and we really love making this podcast we really enjoy it and we love meeting and connecting with people all around the world through it through our shared love and passion of movies and tv shows so again let's go all the way back to three years ago i hope you enjoy it and thank you for listening and being on the journey with us you just became a raven your art matters it's what got me here let's go let's go ravens on three one two three three Welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've only watched one episode of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is The Pilot. Luke, you mind if we get a few words before your first game? Yeah, we're going to put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, we're going to have a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. Did you hear that? We're media. So welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move upstairs and settle in, as tonight's movie for debate is, damn it, it's not a movie, is it? <laughs> Welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is The Pilot. So we are here, Dom. We are on our first official episode. Firstly, for anyone listening, and if this is your first episode of The Ravens that you're listening to, we urge you to go back and listen to our introduction episode which featured Ingrid, Alyssa and Michelle from Tree Hill Talk from the It Takes Free Net from the It Takes Free Podcast Network and Lex from the River Courtcast. We had a great introduction episode talking about everything I know about One Tree Hill and the fact that Dom knows nothing about One Tree Hill and talking about the setup. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, please go back and check that one out. But Dom it is the pilot. You have officially seen one episode of One Tree Hill. How are you feeling, my friend? I feel okay. Uh, at first, I was apprehensive and a bit nervous. Um, but I think we've started on a journey of something now. And I think it's it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be, you know, definitely, definitely fun to talk about. Because I, I think my views are going to be completely different to your views. That's concerning because my views is that this is an amazing tv show so i'm worried about what you're gonna say i've only watched one episode so uh, the the pilot so I, I can't base my judgments just on that episode yet 
Okay. But, but I can tell you about what I thought about the episode and where I think things are going to go just from the first episode. Excellent. Well, that is going to be a whole segment in itself. Where we're going to talk about Dom's predictions and what he thinks is going to happen with you know each of the characters, etc. So normally, or from starting from next week, when we are talk, so starting from next week at this point, this is where we would do a recap of where our characters left off in the last episode. But as this is the pilot, obviously we can't do that. And we'll talk about Dom's predictions in the last episode to see if any of those have come to fruition or not. Whether he was bang on the money or wildly mistaken, we will find out. So before we get into this episode, Dom, the pilot was released was released on the 23rd of September 2003. Now the 23rd is ironic because the number 23 plays a big part in One Tree Hill. It's, it's Nathan's jersey number, but it's also Michael Jordan's jersey number. So now that we're actually getting into it, I can tell you some of the trivia. So the basketball hall that they play the games in, in real life, that was Michael Jordan's high school. That's where he played his high school games. Wow. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's like immense as well. So Mark Schwann, who was the creator and sort of head writer, I guess, uh, of the show, the showrunner, uh, I watched some behind the scenes sort of footage and, you know, extras on the DVDs, etc. And he said when they were scouting for locations, they found out that, you know, Michael Jordan's high school was there. And as the, you know, the majority of uh, the, as the majority of One Tree Hill was based around basketball, it was like a done deal. He went in, they found out it was Michael Jordan's high school, and he's like, yep, this is the place we're going to film here. <laughs> also, the originally, this was going to be a movie, Dom. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know. I, I literally know nothing. So I, what you might not know, our listeners might not know, is that I've been completely banned from looking up anything about One Tree Hill, looking ahead, any spoilers, anything like that. I'm not allowed to look ahead. So... All I've seen is what I've seen in that first episode, that pilot episode. So the trivia bits that you're coming out with now are fantastic because I have, I, I have no knowledge of that at all. Let me open your eyes, my friend. <laughs> please, please do. I feel like they've been shut for years since see. September the 23rd, 2003. Well, <laughs> time to see in colour. So... <laughs> It was originally written as a screenplay for a feature movie called Ravens or called An Unkindness of Ravens. Uh, it's, the stories have kind of differed over the years for Mark Schwann and both of those phrases come into play later in, in the show. So well, firstly... One of them's in the first episode. Right, one of them's in the first episode. Um, and so we so we are completely spoiler-free here, so I'm going to be very careful with my wording. Uh so it was originally going to be a feature film called Ravens and it was sort of shot around to different studios, etc. And it was kind of sort of put on the shelf. And then Joe DeVola, who is one of the producers for about three years, was hounding Mark Schwann about turning it into a TV show. And what eventually got him to, to write it down as a TV show was Joe DeVola said, well, wouldn't you rather spend... 22 hours a year in this world with these characters rather than two hours one time 
you know you've got more time to develop the characters develop the narrative the story etc and then eventually they decided yeah that they're going to do it film the pilot the pilot dom there's actually two versions oh you do this to me all the time you always throw out a secret little version of a of a film that i've not seen and it backfires massively because I, I want to see that as well. Well, you can watch that because I actually have a copy of it. So, <laughs> of course, you do. <laughs> not many people have actually. I don't know how. I don't know how open it is. Marmay. I don't know how well known it is that there's another version of the pilot, and the reason is that Haley, who is Lucas's friend, that you know works in the in the cafe she was recast so the actress that you saw was brought in to replace a different actress now the other actress her name is sam shelton i know this because i reached out to her to see if she would come on and do an interview with us on this episode to talk about the fact that she was almost Haley, and she politely declined which you know she did very nice about it and completely understand but the character even had a completely different name. The character's name was Regan. And all of, if you notice, those scenes that Haley is in, the character, they're all separate to other cast members. So when they reshot it, it's just those scenes that were reshot and then slotted into the pilot. So, yeah, there are two versions. You, I found the other version. You can buy it on DVD on eBay. She, she only comes up with... She only like interacts with three other people, yeah. At any point in that episode, yeah. So, which are like, I wouldn't have ever sort of clocked onto or realised. So, I, I, from what I assume, is that she goes to the same school as Lucas, <laughs> but obviously didn't go to school that day because <laughs> she wasn't there at all. <laughs> Dom's trying to be really cool right now. Well, he just mouthed to me, you know, away from the microphone. Is it Lucas? <laughs> Is his name Lucas? It's okay, Dom. It's all right. No one's expecting you to know at this point. It's okay. It's Lucas and Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, okay. So that, so also it got... God. So, is she in? Is is the girl that played Regan then? Is she in? Can you see her in other scenes? It's all the same. So the the pilot doesn't differ at all. It's it is the exact same lines. It's the same everything. Um, but yeah, they just reshot those scenes with with a different actress with Bethany Joy Lenz who plays Haley in the pilot and you know in the show and she's great and. Sam Shelton that played Regan I'm not sure if it's Regan or Reagan forgive me if I if I'm getting it wrong but it she wasn't even she wasn't bad or anything I thought she was okay but there is a lot to be said that Bethany Joy Lenz and Chad Michael Murray do have really good chemistry so maybe it was something to do with that I mean that's why I wanted to invite her on for an interview because I wanted to you know hear her perspective on it because she's active she's still acting and, and in music etc I'll cut this bit out but 
the Bethany Joy Lens who played Haley has like you know a million and a half followers and she has like 700 so it's almost like I almost kind of thought it was interesting of wow the opportunity that you missed out on that's probably why she didn't want to talk about it probably I mean it could be anything it could be from like you said the chemistry someone didn't like her get on with her on set and then or contractually she had other work going on or this literally could be director just turned around and went she's alright get someone else you should say this on the podcast because that's good okay yeah so I mean yeah I mean it could be a million reasons I guess why it didn't work out it could be a, a, any number of things in that business it's it's so difficult it could literally be like con- contractual dis- disagreement um, she might have had other work coming up you, know, you, you said she does music stuff so she might have been focusing on that could be any number of things it, it can be anything down to like we've had people on before haven't we on uh, you know our mighty 90s podcast and um where they've said that they've almost been kicked off a project like kate Sargent said she was almost kicked off of three ninjas because of um like a producer not liking her you know not liking her for the part so it could have been down to that it could have been a director's just made a decision that she wasn't right for it at the time it could be anything it could be it could have been the actor's choice yeah, exactly, and I think we don't, we have no idea what the actual answer is, so it's wrong to assume, you know, that it was any fault, you know, it could be for whatever reason. But good luck to her. And good luck to her, completely, and she was really polite when, when I spoke to her, so. And politeness goes a long way. So, <laughs> so let's talk about the episode, Dom. So we're going to go through this character by character and we'll talk about, you know, certain bigger scenes, etc. But we're not going to focus on a scene by scene, but at individual character journeys. So we open up with a back and forths where it's like we open up with quick cuts between the river court where we're introduced to Lucas and the river court guys. And then you've got Nathan in the gym and with you know all the ravens and the fans etc and it's showing that juxtaposition between you know both playing basketball but in two very different ways so let's start with lucas as he is our protagonist what did you think of lucas from start to finish you kind of get the feeling that he's the he's going to be the center of attention in this Uh, and that's kind of the point is that you know He's the one that can shoot from... Wait, hang on a second. Sorry, I, I don't think this is the right way to do it. I think we no. should do like a general overview of like... A, when we did Jurassic Park, we did like a synopsis first. Yeah. And then went into... Rather than talking about him as a character, we should talk about what he went through in the episode. Then what What did you think of him as a character? Do, do you know what do you think? Yeah. Sorry, that's my bad. So the pilot, a general sort of synopsis, and this is something that I think would be fun to get listeners involved into, where people could record uh, a synopsis that they think of the... of They could record a synopsis of their interpretation of the episode, of the chain of events that happened, you know, like 60 seconds long, and then we could have that and air that on the podcast. So if anyone's interested in throwing that in and throwing us a synopsis, that could be a cool way to be involved. That should be a perk. Five pound Patreon, please. <laughs> okay, let's bring that bit up later then. Okay, <laughs> that is a good idea though, actually, for the Patreon. Okay, um, 
So let's talk about a general synopsis of what goes on in this episode. So we're introduced to various different characters. We've got Lucas on the river court and we've got Nathan in the the school hall, the basketball court. And it's showing these two different worlds between these two, what we find out to be brothers, Nathan and Lucas, and how you know their worlds are very different, but they have this common interest that they both love basketball and we have this and we'll talk about the certain plot points as we go go along but it kind of builds to this crescendo of Lucas potentially being on the Ravens team and Nathan and Lucas ending with this showdown at the River Court so let's take that's the general overview of what goes on obviously there's a lot more intricacies that happen within it Let's talk about Lucas and his journey. So what is your interpretation of Lucas's journey throughout this episode? Uh, you start off with a young man who's you know, very polite, very calm and quite set in what he's doing. He's not in, um, I suppose, what you'd call you know, popular circles and stuff like that. He, he, he's got his close group of mates they're a bit geeky you know there's the two that sit on the sideline and commentate when he's playing and he's just like smashing the basketball in you know in the net from miles away sorry is he in the hoop it's fine <laughs> he's smashing the basketball in the hoop from like miles away um, and then he's got a, you know a couple of other people that he plays with so there's like four of them predominantly and then the two that sit on the bench is that right yeah, that's it. So you've got... Skills. Luke, skills. A guy called Skills. I remember Skills. And Skills was in Coach Carter. And I mentioned this because on our introduction episode, you said you just watched Coach Carter, and Coach Carter was also written by Mark Schwann, who wrote and created One Tree Hill. And the the actor, he plays Skills, Antoine Tanner, was also a cast member in Coach Carter. But it's kind of made very clear that Lucas is the talented person it's very it's made very clear that lucas is like the best player there he kind of shines i think mouth who's the guy that's commentating says something like he's won the last 100 and he's like 138 to three or something like he's won 100 the last 138 games to and lost three yeah it was it was a massive like deficit <laughs> on skills and the, you know the other guy that he was playing against um and there's even something about him still not having a shoe deal. Yeah. The, 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 is it Mouth? The Mouth says at, at the time as he's doing his commentary, which I thought was quite funny as well, because he, he, they're all recognising that this guy is incredibly talented. Um, but he's just, he's quite happy just playing with them, or he seems to be. And it's not until the introduction of, you know, other characters and playing for this basketball team and playing for the Ravens that he then starts to consider it a lot more and think actually maybe I maybe I should be doing this maybe you know maybe I'm good enough to be doing that because his uncle Keith remember Keith Bell I remember Keith um, says to him you know he went to go and see he went to watch a basketball game when he was nine with his dad and he wasn't really interested at all but then he saw how you know, emotional it made his dad because this one player was so good it was like watching poetry um, and um, 
he said that Lucas is is that good, and he's the one that gets the coach to come along and watch him, and he, you know, um, and then, but Lucas is very, you know, seems academically clever and quite introverted and quite quiet, and I'm sure, you know, that'll change as time goes on, but from from what I see is that he's almost an outcast when he should be a an in-cast, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Well, he he clearly has the talent. He's got, like, the, the grey hoodie with, like, the faded logo on the back. So you're kind of showing, which is Keith Scott body repair. So his uncle's... And towing. And towing. Don't forget the towing. <laughs> That's where the real money's made, is the towing. Uh, it kind of is being symbolic that he's from sort of humble humble beginnings and he you know he's like messing around with his friends but and he's sort of he's happy he seems happy doesn't he in contempt but you also get that feeling that there's something missing though and you you can sense that so understanding where the episode goes and what the outcome of the episode is um there's from the beginning to probably about the middle you do get a sense that something is missing with this character, whether that's a love, relationship, uh, the game itself, playing competitively. There, there's something there. There's a slight edge that you think there's something missing that he needs, and it'll kind of fill that gap. Um, and I, you know, hopefully we discover that further down the line. Excellent. Very well put. Well, so let's talk about his his transition throughout the episode. So he almost gets run down by... Peyton. Hey, <laughs> by Peyton, yeah. And he, like, takes the headphone out and sort of looks at her and she does, doesn't apologise. She's like, get out of the way. Yeah. Even though she was looking for a CD. She she was driving dangerously, if anything. That's Call it how you see it. It was reckless. <laughs> it was reckless endangerment of someone's life on a road. Although... Partly his fault because he just walked out. He wasn't paying attention, was he? Mm. But yeah, I would. It, it would be her fault if he had actually got hit. It's what you can prove in court, Tom. <laughs> no camera. <laughs> I think you need to be a little bit louder, son. Sorry. I know you're good. Just don't be scared just to say it loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gently whispering at me. I love you. Uh, so uh, he almost gets run over what else happens to him see this is where your notes will be in the future um, right what else happens he, he almost gets run over he goes back to the river court oh wait wait he goes to the cafe oh yeah goes, we meet his mum yeah we meet his mum he goes to the cafe we'll talk about uh, about his mum and about Haley, but they have that sort of nice interaction but we're introduced to the dynamic that his best friend is Haley. yeah she mentions it yeah she says you know blah 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 your best friend yeah something like about this her. is the issue with something something and the pages are stuck together and have you been reading this and it's uh, but she says something and he says something like oh my, is that my best friend's an idiot like I mean, basically, there was a wanking joke in One Tree Hill in the first episode. What does that mean? You're on board. <laughs> I'm all in. 
ที่สิ่งไหนอีออฟฟิศโอเคพี่โมเมนต์ไซค์แก้วนะคิดเองไหมโอ้ we've lost him there goes our new listeners And the old ones. Uh, no, they knew what was up. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we get the dynamic that uh, they're best friends, and the fact that his best friend is a girl. This is kind of a this is me profiling or generalizing, but I guess because it speak a little bit to him, he's got a bit of this more of a sensitive side. I think um, maybe that's a. Nod to being brought up by his mum. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you just dropped that knowledge so tough. Was, mm, yeah, I felt that in my soul. <laughs> It's making me weep. <laughs> What? Don't keep that in, please. Please don't. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you keep looking out the window? Are you worried people can see? I just. Very easily distracted. Do you, you want to know what they're doing? We buy any cars in this building. Oh, yeah. In the car. So they keep going. Keep listening. One time, I seen <laughs> someone out there with a Bentley. Shut up. Yeah, for real. And uh, probably sold it for four hundred quid. <laughs> I know. I was thinking we you buy any need, car. You need to get out of the country quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quick cash. Anyway, um, sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. So yeah, that is. It's a good nod to him being brought up by by his mum. Now, we'll talk about it at the end. But part of me first getting so into the show was I really identified with Lucas as a character, and I felt like I saw in him how I saw a lot of familiarity in him. Did I say that right? I'm not sure. <laughs> familiarity. 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 I looked at him. I saw some similarities, and I, to 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 myself, in terms of to to, yeah, I I saw some similarities to myself. I'm trying to remember. Like that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to like. Um, I saw some like similarities in him to myself, not in like how he looks or anything, but like in terms of uh, how he carries himself, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of. It was like a reminder of. I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that like um, it's a character that I related to the most. Um, It's a character that you relate to the most because there are aspects of him that you could totally empathize with and understand because you felt like you're on a similar path. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Right, okay, let me try that again. So I, there's parts of there's parts of Lucas's character that I completely identified with and empathized with, and it kind of reminded me of how I was before you go through that sort of. Well, I went through a bit of a teenage douchey 
stage uh, which more correlates to Nathan actually I'd say for like a couple years there hopefully not as bad as him um, and then more thinking that sort of a reminder of well that's kind of how I used to be more in line of how I, I want to continue to be so it's kind of watching him go through these crossroads and sort of forks in the road of decision making and when I was watching it for the first time I was kind of in a crossroads as well and in sort of developmental transition from you know adolescence to adulthood so yeah there was instantly I was sort of drawn to him and was hooked in and that really helped me to invest further into the show so one similarity that I can see between you and him is loyalty and that incredible sense of, uh, I don't know whether it's guilt or um, there's definitely discomfort with taking on something that uh, either a parent or someone that you care about disagrees with. So him, he gets the shirt, doesn't he, and puts it on and she sees it and is like, take it off. And you can kind of see there's an immediate oh, no, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have done this. And he doesn't know what to do. And the mum comes around in the end and obviously says, look, if you want to do it, go for it. You know, what's stopping you? It's, it's silly that I have that reaction. My life is my life and your life is your life. And not to, you know, put a weird um, psychiatric spin on this episode, but I think you're very similar in that way in that you'll really analyse things and be, you know, very loyal to someone and if something isn't right you will do everything to keep it right even if it's something that you really want to do or really want to go for and you kind of wait for their blessing if that makes sense and that's that's kind of what I see about your similarities with this character if that makes sense so I can totally appreciate where you've come from in what you're saying wow thank you and it's funny that you say that because I completely see you in one of these characters completely <laughs> uh, it was only is it when Nathan? I was because I'll be really upset if it it's not Nathan <laughs> it's not Nathan I'll talk about it when we get to that character but when I was watching it last night for, for this I was like I, I can't believe I hadn't seen this before and I think it's because I was like thinking about you in, in preparation for this but yeah you'll see you'll see okay <laughs> a bit nervous now well, you, you touched on a great point there So um, with, with the jersey. So Keith and Whitey, who we'll get to, they decide, they sort of scout out Lucas and then Whitey approaches Lucas when he's like in the, the library and takes him into the, the basketball hall and they have that whole thing of, it's like a church. Like he likes it when it's, you know, quiet. And Lucas says, God doesn't watch sports. <laughs> he does. There's a little bit of, um, almost feels like religious imagery that they sort of throw into the episode there. Because when he walks out of the hall, there's this big light on him because the door's open and it's like, uh, okay, I can kind of see what they've done there. It's quite clever, you know, um, symbolism it's quite clever yeah imagery that they've they've put into it um and say that a little bit again because i I messed it up for the edit say the it's like simple you know whatever it's quite clever imagery um uh he's talked about god and 
this kind of being a church and why do people come to pray here kind of thing and then he, as he's walking out it kind of looks like there, there's that big beam of light coming through and it's it's on him uh, and he's kind of silhouetted by it um, as he's walking off into the light um, I quite like that good touch yeah nice uh, we might be doing some of this out of order but also Peyton oh he has that talk with Keith at the body shop and like that you talked about earlier about the poetry etc just going back to the coach Whitey walking in and saying Scott and Nathan looks up was like yeah and he's like no not you that one and kind of that's the perfect moment to be like not interested in you at the minute I'm interested in him um, you know we'll come to the reasons why but we under, I understand that you know from we're just watching this episode that Whitey hates Nathan <laughs> um, and almost certainly hates his dad as well um, <laughs> uh, and is willing to give this other Scott child a chance um, and he kind of yeah, throws it back in his face, doesn't he? But, but meaning, actually, it hasn't been right for my mum and my side of the family, my side of the story. So why should I take it on? Mm, yeah, nice. And in that moment, he says, "Scott, oh, not you. You read a book." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the other bit. What I was saying before, he's quite well read, isn't he? When he's playing at the River Court. His friend Skills says, oh, kind of what you're reading now? And he's like, I'm reading John Steinbeck. And you sort of think, is he reading that? Uh, I immediately thought, is he reading that because he's studying that? Or is he reading that because he wants to read that? And then his mum gives him Julius Caesar. So he's obviously someone who wants to read these books, Shakespeare. There's an affair in the tides of men. Yes. There's a tide in the affairs of men. Which way is that said? I don't know. <laughs> Both ways is good. <laughs> so later on, Peyton's car breaks down and Lucas goes because Keith Scott body repair also does towing. <laughs> and that's where the money's made, my friends. <laughs> so uh, Lucas goes out and they have this exchange. And we'll talk a bit, maybe we'll talk a bit more on that when we talk about Peyton. But there's, there's, a, bit of a, there's a bit of energy there. I think Lucas likes, you know, the way Lucas... I think Lucas likes Peyton, would you say? Or what is your take? There's a definite tension. And I think... Um, I think there's a slight hint of them liking each other. Do you think it goes both ways? I think she's a bit of a douche. But, <laughs> but she does it because of who her boyfriend is. And then when we get to the, the deep down bit of it of you don't know me, one, you don't know me, two, you don't know me, is actually, oh, she's she's not a douche. She's just this alternative girl that's trying to fit in in this so-called popular world. So she's a cheerleader, and he even says, you're like the least cheer person I've, I've ever known, like, or something like that. And uh, she's like, one, you don't know me, two, you don't know me. And that's, that's kind of, she throws that back at him. Um... And there's a comment about her website from one of his friends. Like punked and disorderly, something like that. She has the webcam on or something. Yeah, but the the friend says that she's like topless the whole time or something like that. And he looks immediately shocked. And you don't know it until the end of the episode, but it's because he, 
you don't know it until the end of the episode, but it's because he's obviously checked out the website and he watches. He's like, so he knows. wait, <laughs> I missed it? What time? What time was that? I was watching all last night. I went to the toilet at one point. Was that what it happened? <laughs> was that an additional content? Do I do I have to pay? <laughs> Peyton has a Patreon. <laughs> that's that's wrong. That was a joke. Take it all out. Listeners, it was a joke. <laughs> um, there's a slight... There's that edge to her as well. So she's this edgy rock kind of chick in a cheerleading world where everyone else, even um, Nathan says, I'd like to turn off your rubbish rock music and stuff like that and blah, 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 and kind of tries to downgrade it and downgrade her a little bit because she enjoys that and that's what she wants to do and listen to. And she doesn't go on the school bus when they will get in trouble. She's in her own car. She's in her own music. She's doing her own thing. She's quite independent. Um, and she doesn't necessarily conform to this world of teenage, you must follow my rules. Um, and that almost sets her aside, but she's still, she's almost like running parallel with that path of being a cheerleader and being in, involved in that group. Not to say that she's necessarily, I'm, I'm looking at that from a stereotypical point of view from this sort of teenage drama, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. This is, this is so much fun to listen <laughs> to because from being in the perspective, from my perspective, knowing what happens to these characters, it's great to hear your insight already. Um, it's kind of already showing how this sh- show is going to structure, like our podcast, I mean. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Me too. Okay, so we get a little bit further down. Nathan goes to visit Lucas on the basketball court. Nathan goes to visit Lucas on the river court. And they have a little bit of a, a showdown, don't they? Or a little bit of sort of trash talking. And Nathan's sort of trying to intimidate him with... Uh, and this is where they come up with the bet or the game to have like this showdown that's going to crescendo at the end. And through this time, Lucas doesn't really say much, does he? He's kind of just... He doesn't want any drama. Like, he wants to just remain at the river court. And there's actually other people that are sort of pushing him forward and saying that he has the talent and that he shouldn't, you know, hide hide that away. You know, he should put that on display because otherwise he's holding himself back. Especially in, like, America where, and where sports can, you know, grant you scholarships for your education and so on and so forth. And actually, I think sport in general is a great way to channel energy for teenagers and for people in general to have physical and mental well-being. It's so important to channel yourself into something that has a physical aspect. Yeah, I completely agree. And it means so much to people as well. And like you said, in America, it can it can change your life. Um, so I, I watched Last Chance You on Netflix, which is all about American football, but it's different junior colleges and these essentially young men trying to be footballers but they want to go to um, the next level of college they go to another college um, and they want to play in a particular division so it would be division one players for a big college they want the scholarship so they have to basically wear their arse off in junior college but 
they also make them get the grades and stuff. If you don't get the grades, you don't play. And um, there's kind of that, you know, give and take, which is really good. They're trying to help these these boys academically, and they're giving them that release, like go and smash it out on the football field. And this could this could win you things in life, not just win you trophies and stuff. This could this could really set a foundation for you. And that's kind of you know what I see of American sport in general. Like it's so big like baseball basketball and american football and especially we're looking at basketball in particular it's massive you know you you just saying that michael jordan's um high school was the high school where they filmed um one tree hill or the basketball scenes like main court scenes is massive that's a that's a it's not even just a basketball hero this is that this is a world athlete he's just a sports hero I mean, he's got his own Netflix. Sh- next, he's got his own Netflix shows, and uh, you know all sorts about him. And he's like a billionaire. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it it can change people's lives completely. And um, if that's something that they build into the show, then great. Well, completely. And so Lucas deserves the, um, the opportunity to showcase his talents and to you know potentially reap whatever the rewards are but also he deserves to know that he can and that he's good enough because we find out later in the episode that he basically stopped playing competitive basketball because Nathan was there and then therefore Dan Nathan's dad Lucas's dad was there and it hurt his mum and he didn't want to see her in pain so he just stopped Right, so this goes to show Lucas's, um, you know, conscientious side and thinking about other people. You could almost say his loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could. But I also think he's got nothing to lose. So although there's a there's a really tense moment between him and his friends that he brings up to his mum as well and says, you know, they're supposed to be my friends, and she says, like they are, they care about you, but they want you to play competitively because you're good enough. And you've been selected for this team. You haven't gone to tryouts or anything like that. And you haven't had to compete with 50 other lads. You've been picked to play on this team. And they, they say, we don't want to be your excuse. And, you know, that's a big moment because actually, is he using them as an excuse? I, I don't think so. I'd say probably not. I think he actually does genuinely like playing with them. Um, but probably misses the, the competitive edge that you would normally get because... He's 138 to 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but also when he's challenged by Nathan and it's, this is this is what's going to happen. We're going to play a game um, between us and the winner gets this. You get what you want, I get what I want. We'll see how it goes. I actually think that he's in a win-win situation. Lucas, I mean, in that if he doesn't win and he's not allowed to play on the team because that's you know the bet that they've laid down, then he doesn't lose anything because he still plays with his friends. If he does win and he gets to play on the team, then he kind of gets what he wants because he gets to play on the team and play competitively and challenge for whatever titles and stuff that they go for, you know, in basketball. <laughs> state. They go for state. State championships. That's it. They yeah. love a bit of that, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Exactly. Do they have to win a league? And then get into playoffs and then win a state championship or... Yeah, you have to, I think you, you win... You have to win your division. Yeah, you win your league, 
playoffs, and the, the playoffs is the championship. Yeah, I don't know what we're talking about. And then they have some some players, and they can make it to being like all American, which is like you know the best from all of the states. Yeah, um, which is crazy. I mean, I I don't know too much about. So I mean, I play basketball here in the UK, but um, obviously it's nowhere near the level of what it is in America. But also, you know, I yeah, I don't really know how all of that sort of stuff works. That was my knowledge. I just shared it. <laughs> That's all I have. Nice. But let's um let's leave the the last the showdown and let's do that as a separate thing at the end. So let's um so so let's let's put a, a pin in Lucas. But let's talk about I'm... him as a character. So what would you make of him and where do you think he's gonna end up? So knowing that this is episode one of hundred and eighty seven episodes over nine seasons where do you think Lucas is gonna gonna go um this is our first Dom prediction with how these programs tend to go I would have thought he would be he'd get in the team it would be a bit of a struggle because everyone's gonna have loyalty to Nathan so he's gonna find his place in the team and he, there's going to have to be a moment of proving himself. So he, he can show he's good enough in the basketball court, but there's got to be something extra. There's always something extra in these shows, isn't there? So he's got to prove himself somehow to these people that he can fit in and be one of them. But he's always kind of going to be that outsider. So the way, like I said, Peyton is, she's the cheerleader that's kind of that outside edge, like running parallel. I think he's going to be that of the basketball team. Okay, so let's talk about... Is that okay? No, that's good, that's good. So you think over the next couple... Let's just... I realised that I, when I said nine seasons, that's probably a big prediction. So let's say over the next couple episodes, you think he's going to... That's what. You, that's where you think he's going to end up. Yeah, I think definitely by the end of the season, I think he'll probably be established in the team and, you know, feel a bit more comfortable with the other players, but not necessarily always be around them and it's kind of the extracurricular and that's in inverted commas that they do like stealing a school bus etc he won't be involved in and if he is involved in it it's because he's tried to stop it but then gets caught and then just gets caught up in it that's the kind of thing that happens that sort of character right so you think he's gonna stay true to being you know quote unquote you know the the good the good hide nice guy isn't it, you know... In this season. Okay. <laughs> no drug habits in his future. Oh, you tell no. me. <laughs> I tell you nothing. <laughs> okay, excellent. Well, let's move on to his juxtaposition to Nathan. Um, Talk to me about Nathan. <laughs> oh, just one quick thing on... One quick thing about Nathan and Lucas. So... In real life, Chad Michael Murray was originally cast to play Nathan, um, and he had the choice. And he was also cast to be Ryan in the OC, like the main character. And he had the choice, and he chose One Tree Hill, and he specifically requested to play Lucas and not Nathan because he grew up in real life with a single parent and related more to that character. And then James Lafferty, who plays Nathan, 
is really good at basketball in real life like played for his high school etc and when he's like dunking etc that is actually James Laffey the actor it's not a stunt double but Chad Michael Murray by his own admission is terrible at basketball really good at American football um, but had to have like training etc and you can tell when it's like you know on Amazon Prime now so it's like you know Super HD etc there is like a stunt double for Lucas for some of the basketball for some of the basketball scenes not all of them yeah you can tell that is Chad Michael Murray shooting and stuff but there is a point where Lucas like dunks at the end and it's like okay Uh, but yeah sorry go on Nathan what did you think okay initial thought yeah this guy's a dick (laughs) and he gets it from his dad because his dad is a dick. That was my initial thought. And I wanted to share that on the podcast. I don't know how much of that, you know, you're going to cut out or we get away with. But hopefully nothing. I didn't like him at all. It, it goes to show that he's probably a really good actor. Because I hated him from start to finish of, yeah. the, of the entire episode. Well, it's like the function of the character, isn't it? But um, you also feel sorry for him a little bit as well. Because he's um, living in his dad's shadow. But he's completely controlled by his dad, and he even says to it to his dad, "I do a, like basically everything for you, like everything I do is for you. So let me do this." Meaning the game at the end. Well, that's the scene where Nathan has a nipple ring. Yes, <laughs> and he says, "If I wanted a daughter, I would have adopted one." Is that yeah. kind of what he says? Yeah. Uh, and he his retort is, "What? Well, so you can abandon her too?" <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. Um, you could see that in two ways. One, you know, if I'd been a dad, I would have probably been a little bit, you know, heartbroken by that. Or two, I'd have chinned him. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. Um, his dad is incredibly unlikable and it makes him incredibly unlikable. But that's kind of the point. He's supposed to be the favourite, the popular you know, captain of the... Bo- Do you have captains of basketball? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'll do that bit again. <laughs> Don't keep that in. <laughs> he's... Bomber! <laughs> so he's the, the really popular one, the captain of the basketball team. Um, he's kind of the one that people turn to for... Um, those extracurricular activities that I was talking about, you know, he's going to do something wild, he'll do something crazy. He was the one that was driving a school bus that nearly drove it into a train at a level crossing. While cheating on his girlfriend. Because she said, the, the girl comes up to him and says, oh, where's Peyton? He's like, I can't remember what he says, like driving herself or she's gone home or something like that. Yeah. Something. She's not there for whatever reason. Oh, cause I she's, think he says like, he says why, I think. Yeah, like he says, oh, yeah, whatever, why? And then she kisses him and, yeah, he nearly crashes a bus full of school kids. Yeah. And then I have this thought of, okay, you then have this the whole scene of him and the rest of the team being told off by, I assume, the principal of the school. Yep, Principal Turner. I didn't get the name, so... I'm, I'm not actually sure if they actually released the name in... Uh... In that episode, but yeah, his name's Principal Turner, and he's talking about like there's a police chief there, and he says, you know, he thinks it's Grand Theft Auto and minors that are drinking. Um, coaches, you know, thinks this and that. And the other, I think it's this, that, and the other. Some of your parents think it's just kids being kids. 
Um, but actually, you know, some of you are getting suspended for this because it's ridiculous. And you're not allowed to do any of the sports, play basketball, any of the extracurricular activities that the school offers. Um, and that's actual extracurricular, not, you know, inverted commas, extracurricular. Um, so there's in that moment where Nathan's let off, him and like his mate that were clearly there are let off by the police. Because they're like the, because they they basically carry the team, so it's like the favoritism because they're you know yeah, and it kind of goes to show that how like, I mean it's probably probably doesn't show that at all, but like high school sports and stuff are really important in in America, and you know, like over here we would never support a high school team. Because it's to us, it's just a school, and they do school teams and stuff like that. When I was in America, they we did with the Special Olympics. We were doing this thing like a like a showcase for a local high school, and this is in Calabasas in California. And it was at this high school, and we were like coaching the girls' team there. And the basketball coach was talking to us and saying that when they have a, a game they have 3,000 people capacity. 3,000 fans coming to watch the high school basketball game. And then when they have an American football game, they get like they can get like 5,000, like if not more. I think they might have even said 10,000, uh, which is it like 10,000 people here in the UK. That's, that's like what, like League One football? Yeah. It'd be the the third of a Premier League stadium, wouldn't it? Like profe- like our professionals, yeah. um, it's crazy. So yeah, they take it super serious. It's that's it's just insane, isn't it? But I mean, great. It's awesome. Yeah, but, <laughs> but so cool. you know, completely you know so far removed from kind of what we used to and the scale, how we see sport. Different. Yeah, absolutely, and how important it is to them. Um, and, and then obviously those two police officers let him go. So there's that. I, I kind of at this point thought, or maybe his dad's someone important in society and it would save embarrassment. So maybe he's the mayor. Right. Maybe he's something like that. You know, or he's, you know, he's not the chief of police because we just had it from this guy, but maybe he's a, a captain in the police force or something like that. Uh, and it turns out he's a car salesman, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not a man. Yeah, but he obviously has some hold over these people and, you know, they know how important the team are. He's definitely got hold over Nathan. Well, he was like a high school basketball legend. Like His jersey is on the wall in the background, has a scoring record. So it's like his Nathan is part of this basketball dynasty of Dan Scott. We'll talk more about Dan Scott when we get to him, but... They cast it really well because they really do look like father and son. They do, yeah. They've 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 got the look. They've got the hair. They've got you know the the general attitude that's that's very similar. And that, I think that's very clever casting and very good and, and probably quite good from a Chad Michael Murray point of view that he picked to play Lucas because he could have gone yeah I'll be I'll be Nathan but it probably wouldn't have felt right. Mm. Um. Just from a purely like aesthetic point of view and casting, but I really think you know um, Nathan is very harsh, probably a bit hard done by by his dad, 
I haven't met the mum yet. Do you ever meet the mum? Can't say. Okay, all right. So she's away for another week, is what it says. So I know what car she drives. <laughs> what car does she drive? It's, it's one of the Fords that he... Because <laughs> my wife drives that car. Was like, uh, I love the car. I love that car. My wife has that car. And then he pops off. Anyway, um, uh, Nathan is um, certainly a difficult character. And, and I don't think he respects anyone. I actually think respect isn't really one of his attributes. I was about to say attributes. Sorry. <laughs> now I was about to have you got it. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to ask you, so what did you think of the dynamic between Nathan and Peyton? Because I think there's borderline, like, not like abuse, but maybe like verbal and um, emotional sort of abuse going on there it's really funny you say that because as i was watching it i was thinking it's like he's an abusive partner or like an abusive lover or something like that and they're they've been in this horrible marriage for years and it's just how he controls her because he goes like he'll say you know something horrible about about her music or whatever and he'll be like no just come out with the guys it's okay like he sort of switches you know from like jekyll and hyde almost and that's kind of a a pattern of abusive behaviour, isn't it? He literally goes, why don't you, like, stop being a bitch, or, or if you're going to be a bitch and blah, 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 I'll leave you here. It's not like I haven't got any other offers. Yeah. But she doesn't say anything back. And to me, it felt like if she says anything back, it then becomes a thing, whether he gets aggressive or what, I don't, I don't know. Um, but she then like shuts down and doesn't really say anything and then he goes up to her and he's like oh I'm really sorry I'm really sorry and it's kind of like he's you know is is that controlling character and, and has that horrible abusive side that then turns into this complete other person when he wants something in return very well put so we have all of that we were so we've touched on the major points there with Nathan and then we'll talk about the crescendo of the, the showdown at the end. Anything else you want to say on Nathan? I really didn't like him and I don't agree to the nipple ring. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like at one point he might like Dan might just yank it out. I think I think he should have done. <laughs> so what are your predictions for Nathan over the next couple of episodes? Death. <laughs> no, not hopes, predictions. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's going to be too early on. I think this is the sort of character that will start to eventually warm to people. Um, but I think that's going to be like way down the line. So I, I think in this season, he's going to be difficult. He's going to be continuously challenging of Lucas. He's going to be continuously fighting for attention because of Lucas. Um, Lucas has kind of proved that he's like slightly edges him in the the skill level, shall we say, because he's, he's beaten him. So when we go further into the series, that's always going to be playing on his mind. So I just, I just see sabotage everywhere. I just see Nathan sabotaging Lucas as much as possible and trying to make Lucas look like a piece of shit. <laughs> excellent so <laughs> we've talked about Peyton quite a lot so let's uh let's let's go in and uh and wrap that up so Peyton we talk about her in the car she's got a very cool car she has I, I couldn't quite work out it's kind of like 
Cadillac-esque, wasn't it? It's so, called a Comet. It was a Comet. Yeah. Um, I would say no more. The, we, so we had the... Let's talk about... We said about the cheerleader. She's doing sort of graphic design and sort of artwork, isn't she? But it's all very... Gothic? It's all Yeah, it was all very gothic, yeah. And sort of tortured soul sort of situation. You hit on the point of the, first of all, you don't know me. Second of all, what, Dom? You don't know me. And he sort of rolls his eyes at her and it sort of annoys her even more. Yeah, what do you think of Peyton? Um, she's a difficult one because, again, I, I think she... Is she like a head cheerleader or anything like that? Is she or is she just do you not know that? Can I not know that yet? I think I don't think that'd be a spoiler. I I don't think so. I think she's regular cheerleader. Regular cheerleader. Okay. Uh, either way, she's a cheerleader, and typically, like I said earlier, in these sorts of programs, they're considered like the hierarchy, aren't they? They're up there in terms of. Um like school social standings they're the, the popular kids so you know the, the the sports stars and the cheerleaders they go hand in hand and they're at the top of the food chain and then anything else under that isn't really that important to them but she's kind of like i said before as well she's kind of parallel to that so she's at, at the top of that food chain but on a food chain that's just slightly over there um, because she doesn't want to be involved it feels like she doesn't want to be involved in all their crap you know all their teenage angst and nonsense and stuff like that she just wants to do her own thing she wants to produce her own website and do her art and listen to her music and express herself in in the way that she feels comfortable doing um and when she has that solo interaction with lucas it's uh, he feels very judged and victimized by everyone because of his surname being what it is um and they're also being a uh, a massive question mark over whether he really is a Lucas or not. Or, well, he might be a Lucas, but is he... You mean a Scott? uh, Oh, my God, yeah. Sorry. I'll do that a bit again. Uh, There's a massive question mark over his head of whether he's actually a Scott or not. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I can't do it again. Um, So there's that massive question mark over over him as to whether he's a, a Scott or not, you know, whether that's his... Um, you know whether Dan is his dad um, and she questions it and throws that at Lucas and Lucas kind of you know pushes back a little bit and she doesn't like it so I think she very much wants to be in control but also doesn't want the faff and the fuss um, she's she's quite a difficult one to read I don't know where she's going to go because when it, when it came down to the game and Nathan says, if he wins, he gets you. Was that? That was all made very unclear, actually, because at, at the end, it, he, Lucas says, Peyton says to Lucas, so what did you bet? And he said, well, if he wins, Nathan has to stay on the team. Yeah. And I guess that's Lucas's way of being like, I don't know, is that because 
Well, what do you think? Do you think that's big? Yeah. What do you think? From what I've... <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say what I think, because well, from, I know, so what do you think? From what I've met of Lucas, I don't think he would have bet on him breaking up with Peyton. Uh, he he feels like the sort of character that would want these things to happen organically and the right way. And because he seems very sort of humble at the moment. I, I, again, I don't know what's coming, so that could go horribly wrong. Her reaction to it, though, when she's told by Nathan that that's what he wants. Why? <laughs> Her reaction um, when Nathan says he wants you... If he wins, he gets you. Um, she's not like... She doesn't immediately recoil and say, oh, absolutely not, that's ridiculous. You can't make that bet. You better win. She's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> better have a shower, clean it off. I've got <laughs> business, incoming business. <laughs> <laughs> To do so much, Bombay. What, what, what did you say? <laughs> yeah, she didn't. She didn't record. Yeah, so, but maybe that's part of oh, like feeling wanted in a way, or feeling like oh maybe. But well, he tries to connect with her though, doesn't he? He 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 mentions the he says the song lyric, the no effect, the no effect song lyric, and. She's like, yeah, I know what it is. Like, proper little emo chick kind of mode, isn't it? Like, I'm not stupid. Yeah, he was, it was a kindness. It was just like a, it was like a nice thing. He he was reaching out, isn't he? Oh, look, this is something we have in common. He clearly likes her. From start to finish of the episode, he clearly likes her. And, you know, everyone in the school clearly does because all his mates at the... River Court. River Court. <laughs> they, um... They all comment on it, and he's like, "Yeah, she's okay." Yeah, playing it down. Yeah, absolutely. But clearly, he has a thing because he then watches her on her webcam. <laughs> he's then watching her, looking at her on a website later on in the in the episode. Are we thinking that Nathan <laughs> just made that up? Then, like, there was never any mention of Peyton from Lucas, and that he just said that to like get a reaction out of Peyton, maybe to see how she would react. I mean, knowing Nathan, as I do, no, I, I would have thought Nathan would be the type of guy to go look. If you don't play, you can have my girlfriend. Oh, you think he don't he be proposition that to Lucas, and then Lucas was like. You know, so she's no, not an just, object for you to yeah just play on the team you if if I win you have to play to like watch me kill it but then that's kind of arrogant I don't I couldn't imagine him being like that either uh... <laughs> I guess essentially it's a conversation that happened off screen so yeah do you Oh, I can't ask any questions. It's really annoying. We'll just have to see how it plays out, and you know, we'll make our conclusions of that in in future episodes. Now let's. Anything else you want to say about Peyton? I think um, as the season goes on about Peyton, I'll, do, I'll kind of do my wrap up of Peyton. That she will 
potentially still be in a relationship with Nathan, but you'll see that she likes Lucas more. Okay, so you make potential love triangle eventually down the line is what you're saying. Wait till I get to Haley. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> let's go on the Haley then. <laughs> so Haley. Oh, firstly, just to say, on Hilary Burton is the name of the actress that played Peyton. She was cast. Mark Schwann said she had pain in her eyes, the actress, and that's what he wanted in the character of Peyton. And wow. then Hilary Burton was like, "Well, it's really great that you know a lot of garbage things happen to me in my life." <laughs> wow, that's. Uh, I mean, that's one way of getting cast, isn't it? A bit of a kicker, but. Are you a fan of The Walking Dead, or were you at any point? Indeed. Oh, you are. Or yes. You were. Current or? Uh, I'm. I'm. I haven't watched the last season, but other than that, I've watched every episode. Okay, so obviously you know Negan. I do. In real life, he is married to Hilary Burton, who plays Peyton, uh, and they have two children together. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Richard Dean Morgan. Yeah. Nice. So, okay, excellent. Let's move on to Haley, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'll go back. I think it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Say, isn't it? say, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Say Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and then I'll put it in. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So let's move on to Haley, played by Bethany Joy Lenz. We've talked about her quite a lot already. The only bit that we saw, one of the bits we didn't mention is when she's walking with Lucas and then there's suddenly the like pigeons that come up and then they're talking about it's a murder of crows, it's an unkindness of ravens. What do you make of Haley? Haley is the best friend that goes unnoticed is my assessment so far okay so I know what you said about having to reshoot these scenes and this that and the other the mum clearly really likes her the uncle clearly really likes her Lucas clearly really likes her but she's like I think I get the feeling of friend zone that Lucas has friend zoned her or she's friend zoned Lucas Lucas has friend zoned her because they've known each other for so long, they've been friends for so long, and he only sees her as a, as that friend. I think he's now got eyes for Peyton, and not for her, and she has for him. Do you think that she's also necessary in that she's very light, and got great delivery, and very fun and charismatic, and that Lucas can be a little bit like broody and a bit sort of subdued etc and that she balances him out you know sort of pulls him out of that to make you know have little fun moments etc well there's that whole scene with the magazine like you said and then she joins them for dinner and the, the mum says do you want to join us for dinner Haley?" and she's like yeah she's but she's already poured herself a bowl of like chili or whatever it is <laughs> uh, and they're sitting together and they're eating and she's interrupting it's like how's your day honey or whatever was like, oh yeah my day was fine and um she's that maybe the not necessarily the comic relief but she she breaks it up a bit because I, I you get the sense that a show like this could have could be that kind of could have that feeling of just tension and like you said very broody and like heavy heavy going heavy. yeah 
there's a lot of emotion involved and it could just get a bit much and she's kind of like plucky comic relief. I think plucky is probably a good word for her because she's quite quite a bouncy character. She seems like she's very clumsy because she, she talks about falling over and stuff like that and they clearly like her a lot and uh, they have a lot of time for her and she's part of the family. Um, maybe that's going to be the problem is that she's too much part of the family. You kind of just described her like she's a Labrador. <laughs> I don't mean that at all. <laughs> you know, part of the family, but we don't take them on holiday. You know, <laughs> but we're in kennels. <laughs> no, yeah, I, no, completely. I get, I completely get what you're saying. And I remember on my first time viewing, like really warming to her and thinking, oh, this is the sort of person you would want as your best friend. Like mm. she's awesome, and yeah, sort of, yeah, underrated and understated. Yes, absolutely. That's a really good way of describing her. I hope she comes into her own a bit more. Um, she's definitely, from from what I gather, she's definitely the sort of person that will stand up for herself, but stand up for others. So she'll just stand up for Lucas all the way. So if she's ever allowed to go to school, uh, <laughs> I think that there will be moments where she's finding herself defending him, maybe at points where he's at his least loyal, shall we say? Right, so you think he might get tested? Yes. And so what is your predictions for her? Like I that, I guess, but what else? Sorry, I, I think she will... It will come out that she's massively in love with Lucas. Okay. Somewhere down the line. That doesn't necessarily mean this series, but somewhere down the line. And it will go, we've been best friends for years and I've loved you for years and blah, blah, blah. Teenagers, eh? Okay. <laughs> well, on that point about teenagers so i have always looked at this show as if they're not teenagers now that is very that could be a controversial thing to say in that it is obviously a teen drama but when i was a teenager i wasn't reading julius caesar i mean maybe that just says more about me but i kind of i kind of look at them as if they're like in like 22 like the age that they probably actually were in real life. <laughs> but I look at them, I know obviously they're in high school, etc. but I look at them as if they're like that age. Um, I don't know, is that a weird thing to say? Or did you think they're very obviously no, acting I, like teenagers? I think I think you're you're right, really. If you, as you watch it, if you... It doesn't have that feeling of teenagers. I mean, the whole, the whole basketball game at the River Court between the two of them was at midnight yeah when we were teenagers we were yeah I'd be like where are you going I'm going to play a basketball game to kind of win my right to play on this team <laughs> shut up and go to bed you got school in the morning you idiot okay sorry <laughs> no, you're not going anywhere <laughs> I, I think also I watched One Tree Hill for the first time when I was 23 so it might be that I was identifying with the characters so much that I was imagining you know at that point but but yeah I think some of it you have to imagine as if they're a bit older but let's move on to Uncle Keith now before I ask you what you think of Uncle Keith Dom, you are Uncle Keith. Me? I can see, so apart from the drinking <laughs> and, you know, watching teenagers from your car while drinking with another older man. <laughs> <laughs> they were observing a basketball game. 
that's what it said on the police statement. <laughs> wow. I'm going to take that bit out. Um, apart from, like, the drinking, but he's got that... He got... It, I almost don't want to say too much on my opinion in case it alters yours, but I know that you'll have your perception um, that, you know, you'll, you'll keep. But he's got that warmth to him... He's, he's very much looking out for other people more than he is looking out for himself. And he's got that sort of good vibes, but easy energy, sort of like calming. And that is very much like you, and very similar to you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> you know, your pups is, uh, doesn't have a, uh, well, I, he doesn't do towing, but is is a mechanic, right? And has his own has his own uh, auto shop. Um, so you know, potentially, you are your dad was Keith Scott, <laughs> you know, and now you are. I don't know what what. How do you feel about that comparison? Is wait, firstly, do you want me to cut that out about your dad? I wasn't meaning. I don't mind. I can keep that in if you want. That's fine. <laughs> people are funny, you know, with family and stuff. Um, so how do you feel about that comparison? Is that complimentary, offensive? No, it's not offensive at all. It's very nice, nice words that you've said there, and nice compliments to me. So thank you. It's a pleasure, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't call me Keith. <laughs> Uncle Keith. <laughs> no. Well, so what? What did you think of Keith as a character? Keith is Lucas's real dad. Whoa! That's what I think. Okay. That's what I think from episode one. Okay. That's what I, you know. Again, well, you, I have no you, idea. You think that's like a what a finale reveal type situation? I think that um, there's going to be a foreshadowing here somewhere. So, what's the mum's name? Karen. Karen was in a relationship with Dad. Yep. And he was controlling and nasty and a bit of a bully and a cheater and... Basically Nathan. Exactly. And treats... Uh, treated Karen like Nathan treats Peyton. And Keith comes along and is the nicer, friendlier, um, more caring, lighter, warmer brother... Basically Lucas. Basically Lucas, that um, was there in her moment of weakness. And she sucked that dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You have to send me these originals. <laughs> you have to send them to me. Oh my god. Dom, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> you have to know, you know, I don't laugh like this with like anyone. I'm not even joking. <laughs> There's something about you it me that makes me laugh. <laughs> 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 it's your reaction it's my to face. <laughs> I wish I could edit that somehow to keep the laugh in. Oh, dear. Never mind. Yeah. So, yeah. 
<laughs> and in her moment of weakness, she sees Keith, as anyone would. And they make a baby. But Keith has to play along with the lie. To not, like, because it's a betrayal of his brother. Yes. And he doesn't want to be that guy. Mm. And that's why he's involved. Because he says he's involved to the coach, doesn't he? And look how good Lucas is and come and see him. And I'm just his uncle, but I kind of want to look out for them. Because he's, you know, doing the right thing. But also he's just that kind of guy. Nice. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, so Keith is played by Craig Sheffer. And I'm telling you this as well because, like me, we like to, you know, IMDb people and see what they've been in, etc. But you can't do that with One Tree Hill or any of these actors because I don't want to give away, in, you know, anything. But he's been in loads and loads and loads of stuff, like well-decorated actor. So, yeah. And he does a great job of playing Keith. So we've spoken about his major points, but he has the conversation with Whitey and puts Whitey on to um, to Lucas at the River Court and they go and watch and drinking in cars and, you know, whatever else. And we also see Keith at the cafe talking to Karen. And that's kind of his, his function. Uh, there's also underlying... Uh, tension between him and Dan yeah the, the whole I sent some business your way oh yeah I was meant to call you to thank you for that we're all busy Dan uh, sorry we're all busy Keith you know it's fine it's kind of a you're the big brother but I'm the more successful one right and it's from the, Dan isn't it and, it's, the, and they're juxtaposed in what they're like wearing like Dan's from the the car lot in the suit selling you know sports cars and then Keith is wearing you know like denim jackets and you know sort of doing you know like, fixing them yeah fixing them yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah you kind of feel like Dan's almost looking down at Keith <laughs> why is that funny it's not I just got <laughs> she got <laughs> just hit me again Oh, hit me again. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Second wave. <laughs> uh, so that's that's kind of Keith, really. I mean, so do you, that's, you have already given a massive prediction on Keith. Um, so what, how do you think that's going to develop over in the next couple of episodes? Um, I think he'll just continue to watch out for and go, you know, uh, like maybe go to... Lucas's first few games playing for the Ravens and be like see told you he'd be great to the coach and as they drink more whiskey out of his little hip flask um, Whitey a little more <laughs> yeah and um, I think there may be a point of confrontation between him and Dan about it uh, just about probably about Lucas in general or about Karen I'm not sure but There'll be something there where he will defend someone, whether like from that side of the family. Nice. Okay, we'll find out. <laughs> Let's move on to Karen. So Karen Rowe. I don't 
No, I was like, oh, shit, if I just dropped a spoiler, the, 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 we know that's her last name. I'm really we know sure. that she hasn't got the same surname. Right, okay. Lucas's mum, played by Moira Kelly. So I tell you this now so that it's not like a spoiler, but just so that you can look out for it. So they filmed the pilot, and then as these things do, he's like, you know, three, four months later, it, you know, that it they work out whether it's going to get picked up by a studio or not and then if it is they then you know go into production to you know make a whole season so in that time moira kelly became pregnant in real life and so that in subsequent episodes she's pregnant and they have to yeah exactly they have to block her so that you can't see her stomach so, so I she's thought, always holding something or exactly she's leaning on a counter or <laughs> But she was worried in real life that that was going to lose her the job. But they're like, no, no, you know, we'll just work it out. So, but I thought it'd be good to tell you so that you can sort of, you know, spot it as Keep it's happening. Out. Oh, cool. Um, I, as a character, I, I, I didn't really think anything major of her. She's a nice, humble person who's obviously got this history um, and this difficult past where the person that she believes to be or says to be the father of her son complete <laughs> what I'm just laughing that you already are so adamant that I'm that convinced that is absolutely <laughs> convinced as soon as he started going oh come and watch his game come and watch him play he's really good and stuff like that how nice he is and he's looking after him and he's uncle uh, inverted commas Keith he's the dad 100% it's his kid I don't know that but you know we'll see anyway so um, she's had this difficult past with Dan, may or may not be his son. There's this horrible cloud. He's obviously been quite nasty about it over the years. She must genuinely believe it's Dan's son because of the way she responds to things. But I, I kind of think there's this hint of, oh, it could be Keith, and Keith believes it's his. Lucas is it so one the one night roll in the hay absolutely that's all it takes that's <laughs> <laughs> so double uh, up people <laughs> double up <laughs> look out for pinpricks <laughs> it happens uh, I'm pro-choice <laughs> of course fuck <laughs> um, so much editing always but no this is good this is good um so okay uh we and we kind of touched on that where she comes home and lucas is wearing the jersey lucas is like someone left it here like, <laughs> look what i found <laughs> and there's there's a, a look of kind of like horror on her face it's not disgust and it's not anything other than uh shock so it's obviously the that jersey and maybe his look if he's supposed to look like his dad or whatever brings back memories i've never thought of it that way completely yeah like if she you know knew dan in high school and dan was you know wearing the same jersey then yeah completely it's like flashback so yeah that's that's what i took from it anyway yeah nice I, i never thought of it that way but she's a nice enough character. She's, you know, very caring, um, very family orientated, runs her own business. Karen's Cafe. Karen's Cafe. Which looks like a nice cafe. That's the sort of place I'd jam out. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
yeah, again, I quite liked her. I'm just not sure where we're going to go. So no predictions. You want to have some some predictions. Just the next couple of episodes. Um, she'll just row with Dan a lot more. Okay. Oh, yes, because she goes into the dealership, doesn't she? Yeah, and she sort of says, how dare you get involved or say have anything to say about his life when you've had no involvement in it thus far. Um, but quite right. Strong character. Yeah, it's a great yeah. moment. Okay, so let's move over to Dan Scott. I'm pulling a face. He's pulling a face. And do you know what's funny is, so on our Mighty 90s podcast, where we look at 90s movies, we covered Face Off. And I said to Dom that, who Dom, who knows my dad very well, I said that John Travolta, when I was a child, I thought was like the American version of my dad. Dan Scott, I thought was kind of like, an American version of my dad, but very, very mean. Your dad is nowhere near that cruel. I mean, in looks wise, do you? Yeah, mean? I just mean in like his hair. In looks and hair. Like... Yeah, I can see that. In that he's a white male with dark hair. And wears in a, a certain suit. way. Yeah. Wears a suit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> what, what, did you, what, what did you make of Dan as a character? I hated him from the minute I saw him. <laughs> well, the first time we see him, he's stood behind Nathan. At twenty Nathan. shots. Yeah, twenty shots. Like, mate, go to the bar, get twenty shots then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Um, I I really didn't like him. He's I think again, it's someone that you're supposed to instantly not like. So, good casting, good acting, probably a combination of the two. Um, I immediately didn't disliked him, but you're supposed to, and you get that salesman patter from him don't you no, well, he hasn't actually you don't see him selling anything but you see him have that kind of with his brother like when the, he's the bravado yeah when he's talking to Keith he's got that I I know more than you do already so I know he's got that I know more than you do kind of sense about him um, and I I control the room when I walk into it no matter what room it is so he has an altercation with Whitey, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> when Whitey says he's constipated or something like that. He <laughs> says, you're full of crap. And he says, it's constipation, Danny. Comes with old age. <laughs> yeah. um, and he blames Whitey for ruining the team, even though it was loads of kids that stole a bus, including his son, who was like the ringleader. And he blames him for past events because that's hinted at because obviously Keith and Whitey say why is he blaming you for Nathan's career or his own or something like that yeah so basketball career said that Whitey was the coach for Keith and for Dan when they were at the high school yeah and we're guessing that Keith and Dan are supposed to be what in their like early 40s around there yeah yeah so, so yeah, so White's been there for a long time. Yeah, he's, he's obviously part of the furniture now. And those disagreements and oppositions to each other in terms of Dan and Whitey has now been pushed onto Nathan. And Nathan even hints at... Uh, uh, he says, oh, don't you forget, I'm the coach of this team. And Nathan says, are oh, you... 
believe what you want to believe. Yeah, whatever you need to tell yourself yeah. or something like that. And and that you can almost hear that from Dan. Um and he's that pushy dad that demands more from everyone. I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. You know, and <clears throat> again I think that's typical kind of salesman pattern again, isn't it? Is always want more. Um, and if they can add something on and get something more back from it, they will. And he's always, like, even when he's doing the weights, but he adds the weights to Nathan's bench press. And he's like, oh, what are you benching? He's like, 160. And he's like, for God's sake. And it adds more weights to it. And then he, he does it a few times, and then he adds more onto it. And then he can't pick it up. And he's like, I'll oh, get out of the way. I'll show, kind of show you how it's done. But I think he, there's obviously a part of him that feels hard done by with the coach. So, uh, me kind of summing up the character a little bit he feels hard done by but whatever's happened between him and Whitey he's missed out on an opportunity whether that's to go to a college and play basketball or to you know play NBA or something like that you know something's happened in their past um, that has meant that he can't progress and he's ended up being a car salesman in their town and he wants his son to fulfill his dream. Right, yeah, living vicariously through Nathan. Yeah. So I, if I control every aspect of his life, I'll get him to have what I didn't. Yeah, the life that I wanted, he can have. Yeah, basically. And he will have full control of that. Very good. Well, Paul Johansson, the actor that plays Dan Scott, in real life played like for the Canadian national basketball team. Like, really good at basketball. Wow. And he's a really good actor. He's, he's in loads of other stuff as well. Um, he is one of my favourite characters like, as an antagonist. Not not because, like, very different to, like, Lucas, who I, you know, feel like I can identify with, etc. It's that he's just a great, like, villain. Yeah. And, you need, and it's great when you can like a villain, I think, because, you know, you sort of play along with it more. Well, what, uh, one of his harshest moments is he basically says to Keith, you know, I told Karen I'd take care of it, like alluding to that, uh, an abortion of Lucas, and Lucas hears that. That's what makes him run off, isn't it? Yeah. When they're at the garage. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, yeah. And that's, in his head, that's him stepping up that's him you know saying I'll be there for you and actually it's not at all you know being there for you will be you know supporting you know the child and the mother financially if you don't want to be together fine but do the right thing and obviously the right thing in his head is to get rid of it right which you know is not what she wanted so what do you so what are your predictions for Dan as a character over the next couple of episodes? I don't think he's going to change. I, t- I think there has to be a big... There almost has to be a, a life-changing moment for him to change as a character, and that, that's not going to happen until way down the line. He's, like, too far gone. I, th- I, think, I think we're too early in the series for that moment to happen. Like, I mean, too early in the the whole program I think we need to be season four or something like that for him to have this moment where he suddenly becomes 
less of an asshole, <laughs> <laughs> for want of a better phrase. Um, but again, I don't know. Is this going alright? Oh, am, am is I, that the wrong one? Am I making sense? Oh, you, this is great, man. You're killing this. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm loving it. You're killing it. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Okay. You are too. Thank you, my friend. So, let's move on to... Whitey? Whitey. What did you think of Coach Whitey? <laughs> I quite liked Coach Whitey. Um, he's one of these sorts of people that can repeat what you said, add in a, an extra word, and it sounds like he's come up with something quite wise and folksy. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> he's literally just repeated what, like, I'm, I swear there's a moment where Keith says something to him, and he says it back to him, but adds in another word. And it's like, yeah. Oh. And then Keith's like, yeah, 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 totally, totally, get yeah, like, agree. Like, hang on a minute. Like he's just delivered life-changing <laughs> advice, but he actually had just said it himself. Yeah, literally. And he's got that voice that's so sort of gruff, isn't he? He could probably read a menu and it sound like he's um, giving you life advice. <laughs> I want the chicken chow, mate. <laughs> oh, wow. I really, I really take that on board. Yeah, chicken chow, mate. Okay. Like, how does he do it? <laughs> I never thought about chickens in the chow with the mane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's um he's a funny looking fellow, isn't he? <laughs> well, the actor's name is Barry Corbin, and uh, yeah, he's been in a load of stuff as well. And he's great. He's yeah, he's great. Well, okay, so we've spoken about his all of his moments already really um with the altercation with dan all the stuff with keith the the point the stuff with lucas is there anything else you want to add about him or give us your predictions um he obviously knew that dan was a promising player and had something special and could go far and then something's happened because dan is blaming him for all of these kids being suspended on the team and he says the inmates don't run the asylum. Hey, that is some good wisdom right there, though. Uh, and he's right. That's no chicken chow mein. Absolutely. <laughs> but he... Um, that... Whatever's happened in their past, I think Dan has probably thrown his toys out of the pram somewhere, been benched, and then that's kind of ruined his opportunity. Maybe there was a scout at that game, and he's pushing it too far, and he's gone, you've pushed me to that, like level you've pushed me to that limit one too many times you're on the bench you're not playing anymore put someone else in and they lost the game whatever they've lost the championship something like that it kind of feels like that's the tension that's the issue and now that could potentially happen with Dan's son so you know coach Whitey is now causing this problem for his son as well now <laughs> don't know why <laughs> just <it's> like, <laughs> Give me more, <laughs> more whiskey. Um, just wants to drink in his office, doesn't he? Really? Um, <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> I agree. Um, I don't really have much else to say on it. I don't, you know, I'm not sure how long that character will last. 
Okay. You don't think he's a. I don't, don't know if he's a, a nine seasoner. I don't know. I, 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 I can't see. It. There's got to be a retirement episode or something like that at some point. I don't mean that in a horrible way. I mean that in a. They'll probably have a. He's moving on. An event. I think maybe the, the hint at him not being the, coach, or being the coach for you, you know is a, nod towards that's coming. And he's kind of like, I'm getting old. Um, yeah, I'm at that point and everything's kind of winding down and, you know, I'm kind of done with this now. I don't know. That My, my feeling is that maybe he'll see out season one, but season one will be the build-up to him leaving. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, we'll find out, we'll find out. So I think the final people that we haven't spoken about, or we've spoken a little bit about, is the River Court the river court guys that Lucas is playing basketball with. So we've got Mouth and his friend that are sat. I, I know their names, but because they have, I don't think they've said them in the episode, so I, I won't say. We've got Mouth and his friend commentating, and then we've got um, Skills and then a couple other guys. So what did, you, what did you make of them? Like, do you think they're going to play more into it? They're always going to remain sort of in the sort of background as secondary cast at Rivercourt, or, or what do you think? Um, I think they'll probably play more into it. I think Lucas is the sort of person that will bring people along with him. Um, so the two that are commentating will probably do that on a bigger scale when Lucas is playing games. That's my assessment of them. Okay. Um, they're both quite funny, though. They're quite entertaining. They've got, you know, silly things to say and they, they have good, like, uh, banter between them. Yeah, th- like, their commentary would actually be really good. It would actually be fun. Like, even as alternative commentary, if they're doing their own or something like that, that'd be quite fun to listen to. Um, so they'll probably be pushed in that direction, maybe. Um, the other friends that play basketball, I only know skills. I don't know what the other guy's name is. So not there was. Uh, yeah, there's. I think there's two other guys there. Not, I don't. I only think... remember one in particular. The one that um, comes up with all the rumors, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they give his name. His name's Junk. Junk. Nice. <laughs> is that because he talks crap? I'm, I'm maybe. <laughs> maybe. Because he's literally full of rubbish. Yeah, he's full of <laughs> junk. I like that. And then there, there's one other guy as well, but I don't think they said his name. Okay. So, um, skills, skills, yeah. skills is probably good enough to to be on the team or something like that, you, you know, but hasn't ever tried out. So maybe Lucas can bring him along or convince him to join the team as well. And the, the other guys, I don't know, I think, in terms of character development, um, it's early days. But if you've got a name like Junk... <laughs> you're going to be in there spreading all sorts of rumours aren't you <laughs> nice okay well then it takes us to the crescendo of the episode and we get the showdown and we get dun 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 I'm a dirty dog <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the court N-E-R-D yeah yeah I got it ba ba <laughs> and it's like the fast and the furious moment of like he's got like the neon Low lights, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, and then they have the showdown. What did you make of that? I mean, you've got mouth... The commentators are wearing suits. (laughs) It was a good scene to kind of... Well, it didn't end there, but it was a good scene to to have. Um, There's an air of just complete cockiness from Nathan, but it's transferred to Lucas in the game. When he just he's like hitting the shots, he's just, like, "I'll give you that all night," and he like hits the yeah. he's hitting the free throws. And I think doesn't does Nathan make a comment about him not being able to play because he's just throwing the ball from wherever he can do that all night? Or he's like, "You can do that," because it's sort of like saying there's this whole thing in basketball about taking it to the hole, like as in taking it to the hoop, and it's about if basically like shooting like that it can almost be like it's like copping out because you're not going man to man. To, to go to the hoop, other than the other than the skill of getting it in from that distance. Oh yeah, of course. There's no other skill involved. Well, there is the skill of that, but it's like saying, well, you know, you're not brave enough to see me one on one, you know. But then yeah. that's why he's like, I'll give you that all night. He hits it again, and then Nathan comes in closer because it's like then he's saying, if you go to shoot again, I'm going to jump and block it. Um, so obviously he's been put put on the back foot of oh actually he could hit these shots all night um which so just on a quick side tangent so i'd said in our introduction episode so one tree had a massive influence on me but ma- major very a big portion of that was with basketball and so i learned to play basketball off of the being inspired from one tree hill and i self-taught myself uh, I didn't go to any teams or anything. I play for a team now, but it's a team that me and my friends created. You know, had never had any formal training. Um, so I learned to shoot based on Lucas. And that is like sort of the be- the thing that I'm best at. Not to say that that means I'm any good at anything, but that is my thing. It's because I based it off of a fictional, <laughs> a fictional character. Um but that's okay because that's that's what happens. People read things, see things, you know, go and watch things, and they take influences from these sorts of uh, characters and their stories and the way they do things. And if if that's got you involved in a sport that, like you were saying, like you were saying earlier, makes you feel physically and mentally healthier, then great. That One Tree Hill was has done you a massive service yeah for sure and, and i always feel grateful to it it's just funny like even like the holding of the hand that's like a michael jordan thing as well sorry um yeah like i call it reaching into the cookie jar on the top shelf and like reaching in um but yeah it was just funny watching it this time and being a bit more critical because i know we're doing it for the podcast it's like ah, oh, that's so funny like, oh, i've taken that from that but but yeah they they have this showdown and it gets close, it gets heated, we get some prison rules, we get Nathan throwing an elbow out into Lucas's nose. I mean, when you were watching it as a first-time viewer, were you? did you always feel like Lucas was going to win? Or how did you think it was going to turn out? Um, it felt like that underdog story. So, yeah, Lucas was going to win um, the whole time. But... It was kind of dependent on what the bet was. Because you knew that 
Nathan wouldn't give up and he would play dirty and use dirty tactics and tricks and stuff to force a win for himself or force him to give up or something like that, you know, by basically blinding him by smacking him in the nose. Um, but he doesn't and he carries on and he's just like, yeah, no foul, fine. If that's the way you want to play, that's okay. Everyone, everyone around me will see that you're a dirty player and I'll just carry on like nothing's happened. A dirty dog. Dirty dog. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like taking the high the high ground. Like, well, you could, if you want to play like that, that's fine, but that's not how I want to play. Yeah, and I think if he had lost, it would have been that. But he cheated anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get the iconic line of Nathan says... He never wanted you, man. He never even talked about you, not even once, you know, after all these years or something like that. And then Lucas says... I have no idea. This is for my mum. Oh, yes, of course. And then he has a great fadeaway jump shot, which was really nice. He, like, sort of... He sort of jigs him, fakes him twice, fadeaway jump shot, net. Everyone comes in. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Uh, well, he says to him before that, you, that's the last point you'll score. Yeah, and he has, well. oh, he has the amazing block. And then Mouth is like, children will be named after that block. Argentinian <laughs> women will weep about that block. <laughs> it's a great moment. <laughs> uh, and then this is when we get the reveal of Peyton, they have that conversation, that back and forth of, uh, you know, Nathan stays on the team and he says, I'll be seeing you. And then the final scene is Lucas walking into the uh, the basketball hall, basketball court where they're training and everyone kind of just stops to stare at him because <laughs> he's the outsider. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's the bit that Nathan walks into his house, doesn't he? And says to Dan... It's done. Yeah, it says, like, says, like, don't it's, worry, it's your, your legacy's intact or yeah. something like that. And he's like, mm, he doesn't, he, he, I think he's worked out he's lost, but can't work out kind of what he means. But yeah, I, I kind of get this perception that Dan is just always going to be disappointed in Nathan. Mm, he, can't, he can't get it right. Yeah. Okay, well, and that is the end of the pilot. So let's talk about some uh, some judgments and then uh, you know we'll we'll move on we'll move on with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dom, who was your favourite actor performer of the episode? It's quite a difficult one to answer. I think there's just, there's quite a few. There's the obvious standouts. Um, I like Coach Whitey. He's quite funny. Okay, well, I'm, the next question I'm going to ask is about favourite character. So there's a di- there is the, dif- the distinction between character and actor. So who do you think gave the best performance, let's say? Uh, I think Lucas or Chad Michael Murray um, did, it, did it really well, did it justice. Um, made you feel like he was the outsider and had these problems, but tried to keep it all under wraps and just wanted to keep himself to himself. Um, but you can see the t- torment within him that he wants more um, but he doesn't really know how to go and get it 
and people then start pushing him into that dire- in that direction um, and that's when he starts kind of pushing back a little bit so I think in terms of performance he was probably the best in this episode in terms of no you asked me oh sorry <laughs> what about you <laughs> who was your favourite <laughs> who did you think was the best I, I'd agree I'd say Chad had to be Chad Michael Murray he carries the weight of the episode and you know the emotional undertones so yeah I think he gave a really great performance so I would say Chad who would you say your favourite character was of the episode um, it's quite hard to put my finger on it I think Lucas is a, is a good character um, but I also think Nathan, as much as he's an, a horrible person, he's a good character as well. And you need that yin and yang, which is exactly what they are. Ugh. Which is exactly what they are. Um, they're the opposites that kind of need each other. So I think they're both good. Uh, I also quite like Coach Whitey. <laughs> because he's just like, yeah whatever <laughs> I'm going to say what I'm going to say and I'm not afraid of anyone and he's constipated and he's very constipated <laughs> well, who, I'm going to push you I'm going to push you you have to a final answer who would it be Whitey Whitey okay nice I will say Lucas I double up with Lucas just because it's the opening episode and is you know revolving around his story really and uh, yeah so I'll give him the double up who so we said on our introduction episode we're going to do our favourite background actor person (laughs) who's your favourite person from the background someone that didn't even have a line the pigeons (laughs) (laughs) that's that's acceptable yes (laughs) I like that I like that the pigeons I would say I'll say the woman in the dealership that's looking at the car because I like the line with love that car. My wife has that car, which she said earlier. I'd say I'll say that woman because without that woman we wouldn't have that line. True. Very true. Quote favourite line. Ooh. I can't remember. I managed to remember quite a lot, I think, throughout the episode and now I can't. You remembered so much. <laughs> Well, we're almost finished. Let's keep the energy going. We've got like a minute, two minutes left. What? Who? Yeah. Favorite line. What? Some of the ones that we covered. God doesn't watch sports. Um, this, this is, is for moment. my. This is for my mom. Um, constipated. If I wanted a girl I would have adopted one oh actually the the reply to that okay I'll I'll go with that Uh, the scene where Dan says if I wanted a girl I would have adopted one and flicks the nipple ring on Nathan and then Nathan's reply where he says what so you can abandon her too that's my favourite line that was a proper like kick in the teeth line I like that it was a good one Nice. What about yours? I would say that this is for my mum line. Just in that 
it, it just had the weight of it and it was set up really well as a reply to what Nathan was saying and Lucas hasn't really said anything in this whole sort of back and forth you know he's just sort of been on the receiving end and that was his one line of I'm still not actually going to insult you that this is for my mum that has been on the receiving end of the poor treatment from our dad so potential dad but according to you we'll find out <laughs> so yeah I would say that um, what about your favourite song the only one I actually knew was the song by Jet which one was that um, it was just before the basketball game do you like it yeah great song hold on give me two seconds I'm gonna find it I'm an outlaw quick on the draw that's it I'm pretty sure this isn't it it's definitely Jet because it's the only one I went oh that's Jet it sounds like it yeah Oh yeah, this is in it, yeah. Yes. Nice. Um, um, the title of that song is um, Are You Gonna Be My Girl? So it's quite relevant to that. It was just before the basketball game. I think Lucas is getting ready and then it starts playing, it kicks in. Um, and it's the, the title of the song is Are You Gonna Be My Girl? And it's he, we, we're under this pretense that he's playing for Peyton. Right. That's what I took from it anyway. Nice. You can cut that music bit out, by the way, as well. Did you have a favourite song in there? Oh, I wasn't mean. I mean, come close to the microphone. Sorry. Um, well, the only song that I actually knew was I'm a Dirty Dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. So I have to say that under, uh, under, under those pretenses. So the final bit and... I was thinking that we could um, borrow this from the River Court cast. So, what they, what Lex and Ryan used to do on there is that they had to agree on a rating. It wasn't separate ratings. You had to agree on it. And they used to do it out of five. I say let's do it out of ten. So, at least, you know, it's differentiated to ours. So, what would you give this out of ten? And we have to agree to it. <laughs> so so like either we'll, one of us will go up or go down or we'll find out. I thought I wouldn't enjoy this when I watched it. Uh, I thought, like, thought American kind of teen drama, I wouldn't be that interested. And actually I didn't hate it and I didn't dislike it. I thought, oh, this is all right. And, and based on what we're doing, I want to watch the next episode. I kind of want to find out what happens does Dan die? That's all I care about right now. Because you want him dead. I don't, really don't like him. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but wait, so are you saying it has the pilot had exceeded your expectations? Yes, massively. And is it... Because, I mean, the fact we've just spent however long talking about it, it's incredibly intricate for a pilot. Like, we've gone through so many different characters with... It's a lot actually to take in as a as a viewer for a first episode. It's set up so many different dynamics and and different layers. I mean, yeah, I mean, 
and it continues to to get better and pilots are a difficult thing to judge as well because of that because they have to put so much exposition in so much detail to set things up however i do have a number yes six out of ten and i'm not sure i'm willing to budge what wait six for a pilot though for a pilot pilot's a, always a bit whatever exactly so it needs to be six i thought it was like shot like it was a film like if you added if you doubled the running time that could have been a film like as in it was shot well enough i think to be a film remember it would have been a two-hour film about a mopey teenager i think six is fair i was thinking it's over half i was thinking eight so why don't we meet as a seven because I still think it's six. Tell me why. <laughs> Give me more reason why you wouldn't be comfortable with a seven. I have no excuse. <laughs> if you can give me valid reason as to why it it's not a seven, like differentiate for me the difference between a six and a seven, and, and but you then can I say can that agree about with nine you. and ten. Yeah, but I can give I give good reason. <laughs> I think. Please come closer to me. Sorry, darling. I think it's only a six because it did exceed expectation for myself. And so what was your expectation number? Three. What? Three out of ten. Whoa. That's low. Yeah. Why were your expectations so low when I've been telling you for so long how good it is? Because, again, it's... It's a program that I wouldn't normally watch. Okay, okay. I'm probably for that reason of judging it, you know, judging a book by its cover, essentially, um, and it not really being my thing, which is the reason we're doing this, isn't it? Completely. You know, so. <laughs> hey, 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 completely. Um, but I think, I think you're basing your judgment and your number on the fact that it could have been a film. And I'm basing mine on the fact that it wasn't and the character that we need to wait for the character's development and the, the, there was there was no real... Well, so yeah, what brought it down? Like, as in, what could it have had more of or addition to that would have made it better, considering the, the genre? Because, yes, it's not the genre that you particularly, you know, would go for, but that doesn't mean that it's not high-ranking within within that genre, you know? I think we had... Oh, I think you're talking me out of it now. It's really annoying. Okay, well. <laughs> but, because I was, you know, you've got stereotypical mopey teenager that then wants to go and do something else. So it, it's about breaking those boundaries, isn't it, and changing and being different. But, but who are you saying is mopey? Lucas. Lucas. But mopey, because he's got a single parent family humble beginnings has a rich dad that isn't you know paying anything for him or whatever or giving him any money and he one thing that he is passionate about or one of the things he's passionate about is basketball and that's taken away from him as well that he can't even compete and so the whole point is the struggle of him going to a platform that he is not comfortable with with all of these other pressures around him. So I'd argue that he's got a lot to be mopey about, Dom. <laughs> okay, so the, the thing that makes it a six, not a seven or an eight, in my view, 
is the fact that you said it could have been a film, but it isn't a film. It's an episode of a series. There's nothing in that episode that makes me want to watch the next one. There's nothing that, uh, like, I want to watch the next one, but in terms of a cliffhanger or th- this is, nothing's got me on edge. Okay. Nothing has got me on edge to think, shit, I need to watch the next one to find out what happens. But if if we weren't doing this episodically for the podcast, after watching the first one, would you have watched the second one? Like, Amazon's doing the thing, five, four, three, you know, to play the next one. Would you let it run? Yeah. So you would watch the next episode. But I'd potentially be doing something else at the same time. Were you doing anything at the same time when you watched the pilot? No. Because you were fixated. I needed to pay attention for this. <laughs> I didn't you... ask about the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You... Uh, I'm not... Uh, as Right, just take me as a first-time watcher. Exactly like you said, the, the clock's timing now, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I could turn it off. Not knowing from that episode, like, that there's not a cliffhanger, there's nothing on edge, there's nothing making me think, oh shit, I need to find out. There's there's nothing drawing me to that next episode other than, one, me doing this podcast, and two, just pure curiosity and, fuck it, I'm going to watch the episode, sorry, I won't swear. Pure curiosity and, okay, I'll just watch the next episode for the sake of watching it. If I, if I think about it from a pure critical point of view, I, I want to know what happens down the line. Fine, I get that. But it's not a seven, is it? Because there's nothing pushing me to watch the next episode at all. So I've actually read the novelization book that they released of the pilot episode. If I lent you the book and you read the book, <laughs> would that make you bring it up to a seven? There's a book written about this episode Dom no because I haven't read the book so we no, have to I've agree got it. I've but, got it though I lend it to you yeah, but we have to agree this rating now and I'm, we're basing this on what I haven't what I have seen and what I haven't read do you trust me on my on the content of this book I think you should trust me with a six let's agree for a seven and we'll move on no we'll take it as a seven and we'll, and we'll move on how about six and a half we can't do half then it's a six you know, if you take six, right, and you come out, right, one, you stop. get seven. <laughs> come out of your One Tree Hill fandom world for two seconds. Okay. And look at it as someone who's never watched it before. One, there was only one basketball game in the whole thing, other than the match between them on the river court. So more basketball would have jumped up. More basketball would have helped. Okay. A more sporty involvement. Okay. Right? <laughs> two... What is telling you to watch the next episode? Me, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, 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 I mean you. As a, a first-time watcher. Do you want to know what's going to happen? Do you want to know? I, I get what you're saying. It doesn't leave, leave on like a massive cliffhanger. But I think... Okay, I, I, will come, I will come down to a six under protest. And I, will, <laughs> and I want you to remember this. For uh, for other ratings we do in the future, but I th- I think uh, do you know what the problem is? Is that when we do a program that I like and love and whatever and have watched a thousand times, you're going to give it like a four, and I'm no, going to be I like, won't. what the hell? <laughs> no, I won't. No, I won't. Well, some of it I will agree with. Well, <laughs> okay, so we're calling it a six. I, I, six. I think I, a six is fair. I feel uncomfortable with it. I feel <laughs> I felt uncomfortable just saying it to be honest, but. I, I would do that. 
But it's not to say I didn't like it. Like I said, my expectation was three. Okay, so it doubled your expectation. Yeah, that's a good thing. Okay. so But it's not it's not three away from ten. No way. Four away, yeah. It's over half. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Fair enough, fair enough. See it as a, as a I, glass, oh, glass over half full. I see it as a win. <laughs> and I also, I mean, unfortunately, because this is audio-based, the listeners can't see, but I saw the love in your eyes <laughs> as we were talking about it. So that that's good enough for me. Well, Dom, our next episode will be episode two, which is called... We're doing two episodes, two and three. No, no, we're gonna. I think we're gonna do one. So we're gonna do one a week now, right? Okay. Or one episode a week. So, um, the places you have come to fear the most, which aired on the thirtieth of September two thousand and three. So that will be the episode that we are covering next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, leave us a rating, tell your friends, write a review. It really, really helps us out. We have Instagram, Dom. Is it Ravens? Is this Ravens podcast? So follow us at Ravens podcast. The Ravens. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said the Ravens. Sorry, at my bad. Ravens podcast. My bad. Sorry. Bombay. You say it again. My bad. Bombay. So please follow us at Ravens podcast. Um, it'd be great if you could like our pictures and also don't forget to follow our other page at the mighty 90s so if you enjoy 90s movies then we have another podcast called the mighty 90s where we go through nostalgic classics from our childhood half of those episodes just me and dom going through movies like how we just have with this episode of one true hill and the other half we are lucky to be joined by cast members from these movies to hear their perspective on things so thank you for all of the support and tell your friends if they like One Tree Hill, even if they have never watched it or they don't like it, whoever, bring them on and we'll convert them and they will love it as much as Dom is about to love it. So thank you for all of your support. Keep on trucking. <laughs> I'm not putting that in. No, uh, how should we sign it off? Is there anything basketball related? Um, Does that sound corny? Ravens on three. One, two, three, Ravens. Yeah. I thought you were going to do one, two, three. And I go, Ravens. No, I say Ravens on three. You say one, two, three, and then we both say Ravens. Okay. Okay, ready? So we'll see how it works. See, how, see if it fits. Hands in? Sure. Ravens on three. One, two, three, Ravens! Ravens on three. One, two, three, Ravens! Ravens.